In this week's episode, we have a talk about the ideal Christmas gifts for the space enthusiasts. And with that in mind, I talked to Max Kaiserman, the owner of LunarReplicas.com, to discuss some of their amazing products. And if you want to give us a Christmas present, the easiest thing to do is give us the gift of embracing us on social media. Follow us at Space and Things One on Twitter or get involved at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Or perhaps join our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash space and things to really give us some Christmas cheer. But right now, it's time for episode 15 of the Space and Things Podcast. You're listening to the Space and Things Podcast with Emily Carney and Dave Giles. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles. And welcome to episode 15 of our podcast. So uh, something very strange just happened. Emily and I just attempted to watch a launch together. Literally, as we're about to start recording, the SN8 uh, Starship prototype by uh, SpaceX was about to launch and aborted at T minus one second. Um, So it seems like we're both cursed on that one, Emily. That's, uh, that's on both of us. That's uh, one attempt to launch together and one failure. Uh, yeah, I'd like to give a, a shout out. I think Todd Oliver just uh, messaged me and was like, you were watching this, weren't you? And I was like, and I haven't responded yet, but uh, he is not incorrect. So I was watching it. So I jinxed that one. So um, now I can't watch the next one, unfortunately. Oh, well. Yeah, so we we were gonna we were gonna address this later on in the show because uh, it hadn't happened yet, and and as we were filming, and then it seemed like it was just about to happen. Uh, but yeah, they, for those of you who don't know about the SN8 uh, Starship, it's it's this crazy looking rocket. Uh, it's it's just out of a sci-fi movie, as we mentioned last week. And uh, if they get this thing going, it's just gonna it's it's just mental. It's just crazy. Anyway, yes. Um, hopefully, <laughs> we'll have more to say on that at a later date. Yeah, hopefully uh, they'll get it spun up in the next uh, week or so. Who who knows? Uh, it'll when it does, it'll get pretty exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Me too. So Emily, I believe a congratulations are in order. Oh yeah, you are a award winner. Yeah, um, searching for Skylab. Uh, I was the technical advisor for that uh, film. Uh, searching for Skylab uh, won a best documentary in the Eastern European Film Festival. Uh, so all of us on the uh, film staff uh, received a, a nice little certificate. We also we did also win a second award. Uh, we won best documentary at the I think the Swedish Film Festival as well, and uh, I think that's a trophy for all of us. So we've won two awards, which is incredible. I don't really take credit for much of it. Uh, I was just the technical advisor. I, I I was kind of more of a consultant, you know, on a consultant basis, like. Did we get this part right? Does this, you know, does this jive okay, you know, with everything? But um, that's still an important role. Yeah, I I don't take much credit for it. Um, but I was in the film interviewed, which was a lot of fun. Um, as an expert, but uh, yeah, most of the credit I give to uh, Dwight uh, Stephen uh, Bonecki and uh, his wife, uh, who also produced the film, uh, Alexandra. Uh, that was their vision, so uh, it was very exciting to be a part of their vision, and it's very neat to see the film uh, earn some well-deserved accolades, so I'm very happy. 
No, I, I'm happy for you as well. It's also great because he's given us an opportunity to bring up Skylab again. It's been a whole <laughs> two two full episodes before this without mentioning it. So, uh, uh, and no no one picked up on it, and I'm disappointed in in uh, certain people for not picking up on that. But yeah, two full episodes with no Skylab mentioned. But we just we just. Uh, Redeemed ourselves there, Emily. We've redeemed ourselves. Yes, we're back on track with those Skylab <laughs> references. We're going to have like a new countdown, like this many weeks with no Skylab or something like that. We used to have a Baron <laughs> countdown in uh, Space Hipsters, like this many days without Baron. And every day it was Reset like zero. clock. <laughs> yeah. Every day it was like zero because somebody would bring it up at some point. Like, hey, guys, have you heard about Bar-? Like, oh, my God. So, Yeah. <laughs> So now we're going to have a Skylab counter as well. That'll be pretty funny. Yeah, I like that idea. So do, so do you now have an IMDb account uh, with, with a page with your, your your credits and your award? Is that is that happening? Is that in the pipeline? Yeah, uh, I do have a I am <laughs> I do have an IMDb account. Um, however, uh, I do not know how to edit it yet, uh, which is embarrassing. So if anybody could reach out and teach me how to actually edit that, I would really appreciate it for professional reasons. But um, <laughs> uh, because it, there is a listing of me on there and I'm listed as a man. So... Um, no way! Yeah, his credits, he is featured in Searching for Skylab. And I'm like, what? Like, uh, yeah, so I have no idea why I'm listed as a dude because it has my name, Emily Carney, on there. And, you know, I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's all. It's, I'm not offended. I'm not upset by that. But uh, I'm still like. I have no idea how to edit this. So. <laughs> yeah. Answers on a postcard, please, people. How do we? Uh, how do we edit Emily's IMDb page? And uh, and while while we're doing shout outs and, and asking people for favors, I'd just like to thank a few people listening. Some people joined in on my uh, twelve hour streams who are listeners uh, to our podcast who wouldn't have known any of my music before. Uh, before this, I did a 12-hour stream on Saturday singing songs, which was a long time. And uh, it was nice to see some of our listeners pop up. So thank you very much for joining in on that. Um, but right now, uh, dude, let's uh, let's get cracking <laughs> with the show, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's do, let's do that, man. <laughs> let's do that. And then let's crush a couple of beers afterwards. <laughs> I don't know what men... How do men talk? I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm... T- the, the thing that's sad is I sound I don't sound like a guy. I sound like Elizabeth Holmes. I don't sound like a man. I sound like the Theranos woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am I have offended everybody in the world right now and I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I've, I'm getting I, I can see it now. I'm getting canceled this week. All right, let's move on. SpaceX Dragon. We're go for launch. Let's light this candle. Okay, we'll start this week's news section uh, with some... We do have some sad news, unfortunately. Uh, One of the last pilots with the right stuff has died at age 97. On this show, we want to remember the life and career of Air Force General Chuck Yeager, who, on October 14th, 1947, became the first pilot verified to have broken the sound barrier in the Bell X-1, which was called Glamorous Glennis, after his wife. He later became the... Commandant of the United States Air Force Aerospace uh, Research Pilot School, which educated uh, many a legendary test pilot, including many of the uh, early astronauts. A recipient of countless awards and honors, uh, including being being inducted into the National Aviation Hall of Fame. Uh, that's the highest you can go in aviation. 
uh, the International Air and Space Hall of Fame, and the International Space Hall of Fame. He was famously depicted uh, by actor Sam Shepard in the movie version of The Right Stuff, which was, of course, adapted from the 1979 Tom Wolfe book uh, that has the same title. Um, His legend did continue with the 1986 publication of his autobiography, which is simply called Jaeger. We at Space and Things uh, would like to send our condolences to General Jaeger's family, uh, his widow Victoria, and his friends. Yeah, very sad news indeed. Um, But uh, in in the wider world of space, we are lucky this week because there have been a number of great stories for us to to sink our teeth into. So uh, we'll pick the mood up now. But since the recording of our show last Tuesday, there have been four different launches from Earth to orbit. Uh, on Wednesday, the 2nd of December, the Soyuz STA launched from Ariane Space from French Guiana. I actually didn't know that uh, Ariane Space purchased Soyuz rockets, but I do now. Uh, and it carried a satellite for the United Arab Emirates Armed Forces. So a collaborative effort indeed. And um, the very next day, the Russians launched their own Soyuz rocket uh, from the Pletsext Cosmodrome. In Russia, no idea if I said that right, but uh, we'll go with it. Placing four uh, separate satellites in order for orbit for the Russians. And on Sunday, the 6th of December, we had two launches. One in China, where the Long March 3B rocket placed an Earth's observation satellite into orbit. And then later that day, SpaceX sent a cargo version of the Dragon 2 capsule from Kennedy Space Center to rendezvous with the International Space Station, carrying supplies and the NanoRacks Bishop Airlock module, which is the first permanent commercial addition to the space station. Exciting times indeed. And we also had a launch from the moon uh, last week. We spoke about the uh, Chang'e uh, 5 mission to the moon and having collected its sample, uh, it is expected to be back on Earth between uh, December uh, 16th and 17th. Hopefully it's going to land somewhere in Inner Mongolia. Uh, China will become the third country after the United States and the Soviet Union to return moon rocks uh, back to the Earth, a feat which has not been achieved in 44 years. So that's a really big deal. That's very exciting, and I'm really hoping that uh, we see success with that. Yeah, there's been some great images coming from the moon as well. It's really got, got me excited about the, the what's happening in the next few years, hopefully. And, uh, and while we're talking about bring, bringing back samples, uh, in episode eight, you may remember we talked about the OSIRIS-REx mission, which took a sample from the asteroid Bennu. Uh, and you may remember within that episode, we mentioned that a few years ago, Japan took a sample from asteroid Ryugu. Uh, I, I think I've pronounced that right. That's how it's spelled. Anyway, <laughs> uh, with the Hayabasa 2 spacecraft. Um, Ted's, Todd's going to have a field day with me on these pronunciations. Anyway... <laughs> Well, <clears throat> yep, I can't Hi, even Tom. talk now. Yep, exactly. I'm looking forward to those memes. Uh, well, the spacecraft that uh, have ha- Hayabasa two spacecraft uh, approached Earth and released a capsule containing the samples before performing a maneuver, which uh, sent it back out to the solar system uh, to go and observe some more asteroids uh, intend on meeting up with a smaller one around 2034. Uh, the container then made its way through the atmosphere, which was picked up by cameras as a fireball through the sky on Saturday evening. And then it parachuted down safely uh, near Woomera in South Australia. It's hoped that the samples from Ryugu could tell us about how water and the ingredients for life were delivered to the Earth. Uh, this has been a lot of fun to follow this story. I, 
I don't know if you were watching it the other night, Emily, but it was so much fun. It was really cool seeing the like the the fireball come back over Australia like live. Like that was really yes. cool because you were just like, oh my god, it's really coming back and. It's uh, I think there was also uh, footage from the ISS that they took of it coming back, which was unreal. I'm like, wow, that's so cool that they 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 can get multiple vantage points of that. So that that's very special. Yeah, it was it was a cool maneuver as well. The the, the fact that it's going back out again to 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 meet another asteroid. I like that. Um, but the, but the maneuver it made where it just dropped off the capsule and then bypassed the Earth, like it was cool. But once it had done that, the capsule the capsule that had the samples in had no way of correcting itself, so that had to be spot on. Um, so a lot of lot of crazy technology going on there to 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 get these samples. Um, and it's a tiny little capsule. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a tiny little thing. Yeah, it was itty bitty. So yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the results of uh, of what happens. That it's going to be happening over the next few years. I know there's a university in England which is expecting um, to get a, a get a sample itself within the next couple of years. All right. So that that's all the all the news we've got so far. Because we were hoping to have some news from uh, Boca Chica about the SN8, uh, but it's scrubbed. yes. So uh, yes, maybe that will happen. <laughs> but I'm sure if you're anywhere near near space Twitter, uh, you will find out all about um, about SN8 when it launches. Uh, today there was a little boy who uh, came to the viewing room that was uh, terribly worried about how Santa Claus is going to find you guys uh, going round and round in the workshop. And he also uh, couldn't understand what Santa Claus was going to use as a chimney. Well, we're going to help him with that. So Christmas is coming up and you may be being asked what you want for Christmas or you may be thinking about buying something for someone who loves spaceflight or someone who is just beginning to join our tribe. So we are here to suggest a few options and point you in a place or two to have a look. Uh, One of my favourite places to buy things is LunarReplicas.com. They made a name for themselves recently making replica flight jackets and accessories uh, from the 1960s. But uh, they have a whole range of space-themed T-shirts and other accessories and items, uh, which many of which I own, especially their T-shirt collection. Um, So yesterday I took the opportunity to speak to their owner, Max. Kaiserman to find out more about their flight jackets and what the company's all about. Caleb Houston, your feet wet. Right, your feet wet. Welcome, Max Kaiserman, to Space and Things. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. I'm a massive fan of Lunar Replicas and all you do. So, uh, please, before we get started, can you just uh, give us an overview of Lunar Replicas and how you got started and, and what's your mission goal? Sure, Dave. Hey, uh, thanks again for having me on here. It's really nice. Uh, I, I love what you guys do, and you and Emily have a great show. And um, yeah, Lunar Replicas is uh, you know aspires to be sort of the one stop shop for uh, you know vintage space geeks, uh, Apollo, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, and um, you know Skylab space geeks. I come from the entertainment and museum industry, uh, which actually have a lot of uh, intersecting lines uh you know if you draw a venn diagram (laughs) a museum at least a modern museum is sort of an entertainment experience it's not just a place to go and read some scripts and boards and stuff like that that tell you oh this is what the painting you know was in 1625 a museum good museums do a living history experience they bring it alive by having people in uniform or in you know the period uh, uh clothing or costumes of 
you know, whatever the time period is. And um, that is something I, I've been involved with since I was a teenager. Um, right. And through that lens, I have always felt, in addition to working in movies and, and TV and film and stuff like that, creating a set or creating an atmosphere um, really makes a, uh, a, you know, an experience come alive. And nobody was doing that really with um, the 1960s Apollo program or, you know, Mercury Gemini Apollo program. Now, how you do that from home and the entire cosplay movement, which is nothing new, really. I mean, it really goes back to the, you know, 60s and 70s and stuff like that. But, um, you know, in, in the most recent time, on the last 10, 15 years, cosplay has become, you know, more mainstream. Um, that's a way for people to connect deeper with the shows and the stars and stuff like that that they that they really like why can't we do the same kind of thing with astronauts why not make a, a, being an astronaut cool why not being it mm. something you know make it something to emulate yeah and that's really the mission i mean and and so i i combined uh cosplay and historical um you know uh, living history reproductions and and um when it comes down to it's the same thing with certain cosplayers where they it has to be stitch perfect. You know, it has to be exactly what was seen on screen or, you know, uh, uh, made from the same pieces. You know, what, what is it? The, the lightsaber is made out of a, uh, a flashbulb holder from an old press camera. You know, it, we have to find that one, you know, um, <laughs> I, I looked at it the same way for Apollo, uh, gear. Uh, it's a gateway, you know, uh, it, it's, and if you can put it on yourself, if you can have one at home hanging in your own closet. um, it's a gateway to making Apollo cool. It's it's a way of connecting you every day to um, the space program, to Apollo, to uh, you know this inspirational moment in history, and maybe we can recreate that. You know, maybe we can have that again with uh, you know whatever it is, SpaceX, NASA, you know, um, European sure. Space Agency. I you know that's that's really the goal um, for me. And, you know, yeah, it's a business and, and things cost money and, and stuff like that. And I have to, um, you know, justify doing it. But, I, you know, I've always said if I break even, I'm very happy. Uh, my main goal was to, to get these things out here. It was interesting what you said there about how uh, you wanted astronauts to be cool and, and, and things like that. Because they were cool. But you, you always saw them wearing these jackets yeah. or, these, or these flight suits. And they were unattainable. You couldn't get them. Yeah. They weren't available for people, were they? So it's not no. like these things exist in no, the world. No, the military, the military can... couldn't get them either. They were a different design. They were a different... Uh, actually, the first pattern flight suit for the Mercury astronauts, which is really neat, kind of has a belt and it's got uh, exposed zippers and stuff like that. Some of the Apollo crews used it too, but it was really a Mercury uh, thing. Actually, Neil Armstrong's just sold for, I think, $90,000. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, I have one. I have Jim McDivitt's actually. Oh, cool. Very uh, and, cool. Yeah. And it was not $90,000. <laughs> <laughs> that was made by a uh, men's, uh, you know, fashion designer. It wasn't even made by a military contractor um, because this was so different. It's a civilian organization, but it has a lot of military uh, aspects to it. Yeah, for, for sure. You've got, um, it says coming soon on your website, you've got the, the Flightwear Gemini Apollo suits, the, the full kind of boiler suit thing. That's what you're wearing I'm now. Wearing, I'm wearing, wearing it now. Yeah, um, em Emily and I both put, uh, there's there's Gus Grissom's one is at the um, American Space Museum in Titus, 
Titusville mm-hmm. and seeing that in the flesh was like oh my god it's one of the suits it's, it was like such a big deal and his is very small <laughs> yeah and and Neil Armstrong's one was in uh, that that goes on tour was on tour um, it may just be a, it, an exhibit within the, the Museum of Flight in Seattle but it was on tour with the Destin, with the Apollo 11 command module over the summer and he kept his after the Apollo. He was able to, I don't know if they all kept them. But, yeah, a lot of them did. Um, yeah. He's had little paint specks. He used to do DIY in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's all, but, but that's so cool. I mean, if, if you think about this, um, what, what does this gear mean to the individuals that were issued it and wore it? And like you said, you know, they were the only ones. They were unobtainium. You had to be yeah. either a pilot in NASA, like a, you know, like a, one of the training pilots or one of the guys that flew the, the guppy or something like that, or you were an astronaut and there were, yeah. you know, at one point in time there was only seven astronauts or there was only, you know, 16 astronauts for a long time. Mm. What's interesting is that now, you know, 50 years later, uh, how many of them are interested in getting that back and what it means to them. And uh, we've been very, very fortunate to, um, it, when uh, Al Warden was alive, we were partners, uh, and he kind of was the gateway to introducing Lunar Replicas to, um, you know, a lot of the living astronauts. And as of today, as a matter of fact, uh, if if the post office delivers it, um, there will be nine Apollo astronauts that have uh, um, Lunar Replicas jackets. Fantastic. And about four or five, five, I think at this point, mission control guys that have Lunar Replicas stuff as well. Um and the feedback from them has been really wonderful as well. Uh, you know, when you set out a goal to recreate something exactly like Stitch Perfect, you know, to me and and other you know geeks and stuff of history people, it's like, oh well, you know, and it's it's exactly one thirty second Stitch Swift, and and the zippers are brass, and the you know the bell shape of the. To somebody that lived it and was issued it fifty years ago during you know the the prime of their career, um, getting something that looks, feels, and smells exactly like the real thing is, uh, you know, you're getting transported back in time. Absolutely. And and that's exactly, I mean, uh, I, you know, without dropping names, Jim Lovell said uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got his jacket. And his his sits in a museum now. Actually, one of his uh, sold at auction a few years back, you know, so he doesn't have it anymore. And now he gets to have it again and, and wear it, and he doesn't have to worry about it. You know, it's not $20,000 artifact, you know, historical artifact. He can actually enjoy it like he did originally. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Also, because those original ones are now 50 years old and <laughs> with the best will in the world, they're, they're different shapes now. They're <laughs> not the physical specimens they were then, so they probably yep. wouldn't necessarily even fit into those old jackets. Uh, but would you want to wear it? I probably wouldn't. I'd probably, in fairness, I think it was mine. I'd want it to be in a museum if I was one of those guys. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think they have the power to inspire. Yes. Just same way I just talked about Gus Grissom's and, and, and Neil's... Uh, full-length boiler suits and me being like oh my god look at them but i, I think my first the first time i really noticed these jackets and being like i want one of those was when i was a kid and when i watched apollo 13 and tom hanks was wearing one oh, the gold one yeah which is which is not historically accurate <laughs> of, of, of course of course because it's hollywood that was the point where it was for me it was like those jackets are cool or those yeah. style jackets are cool and then when you then see the real ones you're like wow oh yeah and there's a lot of detail to them that people don't realize. I, you know, I, I, I get a kick out of it. And when you, when you look at something, and I know we're just talking about a flight jacket, but like if you look at an original one, to me, 
and probably to you, uh, it's like looking at something that, a, you know, a sculptor, you, you can see the tool marks, you know, you can see yeah. where, where they laid a stitch in, in one way or another, or where, uh, you know, there might be a smudge somewhere and you say, oh, well, you know, maybe that's when they were climbing in and out of the simulator or something. Yeah. So I was speaking with um, Amy Bean, uh, Al Bean's daughter. And uh, it, oh, that's another thing. I'm sorry. One, one another, another proud um, demographic that we have are the kids that, you know, Apollo kids. Um Absolutely. They, you know, and, and it was, it was their dad that, that wore this uniform and went to work and, you know, they might not have seen him for months at a time, but, uh, but that's what they wore. And when, when they did come home, that's what they were wearing. You know, they just like in Apollo 13, uh, Jim Lovell walks through the door and he's wearing his flight suit and flight jacket. And Amy Bean said, yeah, that's, you know, I, I, when I saw my dad go off to work, he hopped in a flight suit and he went in the car and he, you know, drove to Houston. Absolutely. So, so obviously you do the jackets, uh, and and I mean that's that's how I found you. I think someone posted a link to jacket, and I was like, wow, this is this is uh, <laughs> this is incredible. Um, but just because I didn't realize you could, you know, I didn't even think that you would be able to buy one of these things, even if even as a replica, and the the quality uh, and and the way they look. So, wow, that is it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but on you have loads of other stuff on there, especially. Um, replica kind of stuff so the watches yeah. and the toolkits and all that kind of stuff away from the suits and the and the jackets do you have a favorite product which is kind of like a a, a real thing for you to get into is it the watches <laughs> is it is it the toolkits cuz uh, well, that's like asking who's your favorite child. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it the sunglasses? I don't know. It, that's a tough question because there's some things that we have there that we don't make. I mean, like uh, the uh, the Fisher Space Pen and the sunglasses and stuff. Those are made by the original companies. Right. Um, we have them spec to the original specs, and then you know you get them ordered and they come in. The stuff that we make, you know, the flight jackets and flight suits and. Um, the PT gear now, you know, yeah. which I am wearing underneath my flight suit. <laughs> I, I thought you I've, were. I've got the short shorts on and everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm most proud of that because we did that from the ground up. Yeah. But at the same time, I am very proud of the sunglasses. Uh, you know, that's something American Optical never stopped making those. You, you could go online on Amazon or, you know, wherever and buy that particular sunglass. You had to specify the right the right stuff to get it to be the the same uh configuration that nasa did and and that wasn't readily available you know i i we had to do research and go to the smithsonian and talk to people and then i ordered it you know i get them in bulk and we make a change so that it matches put the serial number on the temple which matches what the original ones had wow but those have gone farther than the jackets and i mean that in that um more people have them in their hands they're they're literally seeing through uh this you know vintage replica all the way to australia and russia and um thailand and you know all all of the european countries um and it's become it's made things very accessible so those were the, really the first thing that exploded us on the scene were the sunglasses oh, okay right and I, and I have to thank uh adam savage for that adam is a good friend and he's he's this is his genre as well um, oh, we say back and forth. So we always say we're the same geek, you know. I we, <laughs> no, really. I mean, like we have found our people, and I think you asked at one point when we were uh, talking earlier was, you know, what is what is your inspiration for this? You know, how do you choose what to do? Uh, you know, what's the next product? And I, and my answer is, I, I choose what I want. <laughs> you 
you know? Yeah. Like, what would I like to see? And I would love, I wanted to see the flight jackets. I wanted to see the flight suits. I wanted to see, you know, a, a Fisher space pen that had the right serial number on it and stuff. You know, that's all we changed for the serial number. Um, and fortunately there are, you know, thousands of other people that exist that want exactly the same thing I do. So it works out, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think you're right. When you find your tribe, it's a nice, it's a nice feeling. If I have the ability to make that connection, um, I could, you know, I could have made one jacket and be like, wow, man, like I've, I'm complete, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I knew people that could, that could do this in bulk. Um, I, I had the resources to be able to make it happen and I wanted a, a project, um, you know, on the side, something I really love doing. So making it available to multiple people, you know, to hundreds of people or more is, mm. uh, is really rewarding. Uh, and again, I've been very fortunate that some of those hundreds of people or, you know, I think it's a couple thousand now actually, uh, have been Apollo astronauts themselves is really rewarding, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine what that's like put, putting a jacket on someone uh, <laughs> that the, the used to wear one. That's, Walt Cunningham, that's be a nice Walt moment. Cunningham was the first one. Okay. And then Al Warden. He's, Al, we made a special jacket for because he requested something different. But uh, Walt was the first one that had the jacket. But it's just, it's very, I'm, I am very, very humbled by the fact that, um, you know, it's been totally word of mouth. Uh, they, yeah. they, they've spoken to each other and said, Oh, you got to call this guy, you know? Um, yeah, that's got, that's got to be a nice phone call to get. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that was, I was actually, I was, in, so I have a regular day job too. I was in the middle of a meeting and I get this weird number from Michigan and I said, I don't know who it is. But I got to pick. It was kind of, well, I didn't really need to be at that meeting anyway, but anyway, so I, I pick up he says, Hey Max, it's Al Warden. You got a minute? And I was like, uh, excuse me for one second. I like, I told everybody in the room, I was like, I have to go. This is an emergency. I went into my office, closed the door and I had this hour long conversation with Al Warden and I'm there like shaking. Like, you know, this is really my first, I had met, I had met, uh, I had met John Glenn actually when I was a kid and I didn't quite understand who John Glenn was, you know, uh, but he was the first astronaut I met. Al was the first astronaut I met knowing, you know, the program and knowing everything Jim Lovell I met shortly afterwards and uh, um, same thing he calls every once in a while we send him something for his birthday or Apollo 13 or whatever and um, same thing he's a Jim uh, Jim Lovell here you got a second I was like are you kidding I will stop I will stop like driving a car and pull over to talk to you. like I I would I would fly somewhere to go you know um, and what's interesting about them is that Almost without fail, they are all, um, they're humble about, you know, does anybody still care 50 years later? You know, mm. there's the younger people, you know, I'm 32 and I was not alive during any of the time, you know, these guys, they said, well, can you even make a business out of doing this? I was like, are you kidding? Like, I can't, I can't keep them in stock. Like there's yeah. people love this stuff. Um, and that's, that's also, that's another part of the inspiring thing is that if if we can show that um, that Apollo is cool and space history and, and exploration is cool, it gets it even deeper. Maybe somebody will take that. They'll, they'll see somebody wearing the jacket and it's cool and they'll learn about it and maybe they become an engineer or they become a pilot or uh, they get interested in history and stuff. And that's another very commendable reason for doing what you're doing. And I love that and I love all the stuff that's on your website, all the all the, the replicas and the high-end stuff. But Christmas is coming up and not everyone can afford uh, the more expensive stuff. 
I love your website for this reason as well. <laughs> Number one, because I sit there and I just geek out on all the all the really fancy stuff. But you also have like there's the second half of the website, which is the hats and the posters and the and the, and the shower the curtains. We got shower curtains. The shower <laughs> curtains, exactly. The bath mat with the Lula footprint and all that. Kind Get of one. Stuff. Those it's- are awesome. If you're asking what's the what's the number one thing. The, the bath mat with the lunar footprint. That's in full scale, by the way. So if you uh, if you happen to have your own lunar overshoe, you know, your EVA overshoe, <laughs> um, it fits. It's just really Hanging fun. around. Yeah, if you, uh, if you uh, even if you think about it, like I have one in my kitchen. So every time I stand at the sink washing dishes, I'm, I'm standing on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, it, who comes up with those designs and those plans? Is that is that you as well, or are you commissioning someone to do that? Uh, some of it, some of it's me. Some of it is, um, um, you know, friends of mine. Uh, the, the, actually, I, I will I will say Jonathan Mayer, um, not not the artist. Uh, Jonathan Mayer, um, who's a big space fan, actually started Lunar Replicas, and I I partnered with him to to bring out. Um, the flight jackets originally uh, because of my connections with um, living history companies. Um, And, you know, one thing led to another and the flight jackets really started to take off and uh, that became the core business. And Jonathan had, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff going on and I, I wound up uh, buying the business from him um, and then growing it to what it is today. Uh, And I, have been very fortunate and Jonathan has stuck around as, you know, as a, as a friend and, um, He's a big space fan, you know, probably bigger than I am. So uh, he's helped with develop that stuff. And on top of that, he's a very, very good graphic artist. He's a he's like a cartoonist. So a lot of those T-shirt designs like the, um, you know, miles and miles and miles, the Apollo 12, um, the or I'm sorry, 14, um, uh, the uh, the Disky, the uh, SCE to Ox, um, Got Pretty, that one. Yeah, uh, the nerd, even the nerd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, got you know, that one. Got two of them. <laughs> um, they, uh, those were all Jonathan's designs. Um, okay. The last one that he did actually recent was the Space Park, the uh, 1964 World's Fair. Nice. Space Park, which we did for the uh, 50th anniversary of that. Um, or 55th? Yeah, 55th. Jeez. Um, like I was there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's great. And... Uh, some of the other ones, uh, you know, it's just uh, like the ones that I have put up there, uh, my designs were stuff. I wanted things to be a little bit more accessible. Like I, I know that a jacket is, you know, $300, yeah. but a shower curtain, you know, shower curtains, whatever, $40 or so. Yeah. I love wearing the t-shirts though. Like, so people really comment on the t-shirts as well. <laughs> whenever whenever I, I, I can almost guarantee someone is going to ask me about those t-shirts, which does tie into the mission plan in an extent even though i'm not wearing uh, a replica with the exact stitching it's an engagement with history yes. yep and it makes it makes people go that's cool what's that about or whatever and and the amount of time people have had to explain what se se talks is or whatever it you know uh, and just a nerd thing people are like i like that where'd you get that from and you tell them and then you say oh they make these replica flight jackets and they're like what that's amazing it's and the then, gateway so it's, drug <laughs> exactly so I, exactly so it's interesting though that you mentioned that is i also make sure that uh every uh description of even the little t-shirts and stuff like that every description uh, on the on the website has the historical information so it's not in a vacuum you are learning mm-hmm. there there is an educational moment there and if you didn't know um you know, maybe if you read if you read the description, you'll learn a little bit more about it. The whole SCE to Ox, I have a whole you know 
minute by minute, you know, and John Aaron called up to Alan Bean, SC Docs, what? You know, uh, I, uh, um, yeah, lightning struck a, struck a spacecraft. So, Max, thanks very much for, for coming on the podcast. Uh, oh, it's this my has pleasure. Been amazing. And, and your commitment to this and your attention to detail and your all out nerdery is amazing <laughs> and really appeals to me. Uh, We're I, all I the same nerd, man. We're all the same yeah. nerd. <laughs> Such a great I, expression. Yeah. Uh, and, and I even have the nerd t shirt. So, I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely the same nerd. Um, but yeah, I wish you all the best. And thanks very much for coming on. And please keep doing what you're doing because it's important. Uh, so it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. You guys keep doing what you're doing. It's a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, Hank, there really is a Santa Claus. Hey, you find him? Yeah, that rascal left us some goodies. How about that? All gaily wrapped, Christmas paper, and ribbon, and the whole bit. What a great conversation that was. In fact... It's uh, heavily edited down from a full 50 minutes of chat. Uh, Max and I had a great chat covering a whole range of space-related topics. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can watch that in full over on our Patreon page. Uh, Also, he has offered a 10% discount to some of the collections on the site to those who have signed up on Patreon. So go and log in to get the discount code or watch that full interview on patreon.com forward slash space and things. And that discount count will last until the end of January. Uh, But there were lots of great ideas in there, Emily. And uh, you, you own one of those jackets, right? Yes. Yeah, I have the uh, gold version. Uh, I have the one that is uh, very similar to the kind that Jim Lovell wears in Apollo 13. Yeah. Uh, there are a few there are a few decent photos of Lovell actually wearing it during like the 1970s. That's the one I have and I love it. Uh it's actually a really nice and warm jacket. Not that it, it doesn't get cold much in Florida, but it it's cold now here. Yeah. It's yeah, unseasonably cold here right now. So it's a uh, it's very nice and sturdy, which I uh, I, I really uh, enjoy, and of course it's beautiful. Um, I did get my own uh, name patch for it because uh, yeah, I got a Emily Carney number one space hipsters patch nice. for it. But uh, I love it. It, it. I most of the year it's hot here, so it, it sits in my closet in like a bag, and I just look at it, you know, admiringly <laughs> because it's so beautiful and it's so well. It's so well made and it's such, I mean, it looks like the real thing. Like it looks like something, um, I, I, when I was listening to your interview, I thought it was funny cause you guys were talking about, you know, the first time you sort of got introduced to the, you know, the flight jacket. And for me, uh, the first time I kind of got interested in having a jacket like that, but at the time nobody was making these was uh, I was at an event a few years ago. I was at an ASF event, an Astronaut Scholarship Foundation event, and uh, some a gentleman was there, and I've forgotten what the guy's name is, but he had he had Jack Swigert's actual yellow jacket no from the way. 70s. Amazing. Yeah, like, he had purchased it. I want to say it was upwards. It was a lot of... It was a pretty penny. It was a nice chunk of change, but he had, like, purchased it at an auction... And I, I was like, oh, my God. And he was wearing it. And I was like, can I please just try it on? And he's like, no. sure, you know, just, you know, just don't get like anything on it or anything. And I was like, uh, you know, and I didn't have any wine or anything on me. So I was like, can I just try it on? So I tried it on and uh, I was struck at how uh, Swigert was a big guy. Like he had really long arms. It didn't fit me. It was it was it was probably like a men's large, maybe an extra large. He was a big dude for an astronaut. So I was a little surprised by that because i was like man i'm used to like 
you know, astronauts like Gus Grissom, who was on the smaller side, and John Young, who was on the smaller side, you know, and yeah. uh, Swigert was big. Like, he was a big dude, like a football player kind of guy. So, um, so after that, I was like, man, I want a jacket like that. <laughs> At the time, nobody was making them. So yeah. I was looking around on a bunch of websites, and I found ones that were similar, but not the same, you know, and I was like, man... So when Luna Replicas uh, came out with those uh, years ago, this is very sweet. A lot of my friends uh, chipped in to get me one on my 40th birthday. So that was very, very sweet. And uh, yeah, I'm about to cry just talking about it. It's one of the nicest things people have ever done for me. And it was a surprise. I had no idea. So um, that's amazing. So it's in my closet right now. Um, I, I need to take it out and wear it. It's like an art. It's like a piece of art. It's yeah. it's so beautiful and it's so well made and it's very well crafted and accurate. And um, this is the real deal. These are very high quality vintage replicas. These aren't, you know, it, I, I've bought vintage replica. Re, let me say that again. Vintage replica. Why am I struggling with that word? <laughs> Clothing before from not not lunar replicas, but from other um, websites. I won't say who they are, and it's eh, disappointing. You know, this is not it. You're gonna get your money's worth from this, so I highly recommend it. That they they aren't cheap. They are they are these are high end products, but but that's why I wanted to bring up the lower price range things as well, like the t shirts, because I think it's a company worth supporting. He's got the right uh, right ideas in in what he's trying to do. He's he's happy just to break even. He he wants people to to own these things. And and I just like going and browsing the website. It's got so much cool stuff on there. I just enjoy the photos. So you should go and check that one out. Uh, and I'm sure we'll hear from Max again in future as well. But that, but yeah, what a lovely, lovely guy he is. I loved his, com- his story about um, our warden phoning him up. Yeah! <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was... I, I, it reminded me of how much I miss Al because he would do stuff like that. Yeah. Like you'd just be like chilling one day and you'd get, you know, a phone call or you'd get like a message like, hey, how you doing? Like, and you're like, what? Like, <laughs> hey, Al, how are you doing? And you're like, what the? and, you know, I was I was very blessed to be friends with Al, but you still are just like you see the name and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just the um, command module pilot for Apollo 15. No, yeah. not a big deal. I just got to talk to him. Like, yeah. what? you know, who gets that? Yeah. That's what I was like. He would just he was just cool. Like he would just call people and like he was just a regular dude. So, yeah, that was a great story. So uh, with regard to other things that uh, other Christmas gift ideas and other other places you could go and look, um, I've been trying to write a list this week, Emily, and I, I could have I could have put down fifty different books, but it's hard to buy books for space enthusiasts because you don't know what who's got what, right? Yeah, that's the problem. And there's I, I, it's hard for me to begin this conversation because there's like there's thousands of space books out there, and I mean there's a lot of. You can't see my floor right now, but my apartment is just space books. And yeah. some of them are, you know, author's copies I get, you know, just to review and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like there's thousands of really good ones out there. So it's very hard um, for me to get started on this topic. I'm going to recommend a few that came out this year. Okay. Um, That might be newer titles for those who um, are not familiar with um with them. Obviously, Sarah uh, Curtis had uh had hers so uh that's that's definitely one um there's also a book uh by uh kelly girardi um called not necessarily rocket science and i think that's more of a primer uh 
kind of geared towards younger, you know, younger audiences. When I say younger, I mean like probably teenage, college age, you know, um, kind of a primer on how to get in the industry. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily be this brilliant scientist or engineer to get into the space community. So, um, yeah, that's a neat that's a neat title. That might be something interesting for, say, you know, somebody is somebody who's kind of trying to come up in the industry and make a name for themselves, I guess, yeah. is um, a way to look at it. Um, there's some really good space history books. Um, there's one that just came out. It's called How We Got to the Moon. It's by uh, John Rocco. And that one is, it's geared towards, I think, um, more for younger people, but it's really beautifully illustrated. So uh, I do have a copy of it, and it's I, I think it's very lovely and illustrated if you're into that kind of thing. I recommend it. Um, there's also, um, if you like alternate history, which I do like, uh, there's a book by uh, David Oakes. It's called Apollo Rising. I haven't read it yet, but it looks really awesome. I, I've read a little bit of it. It's uh, an alternate history about uh, Apollo, and I love that kind of stuff, so I'm, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. And one really neat space history uh Actually, there's a couple of space history titles that came out uh, this year that I really enjoyed. Uh, one of them is called Beyond Blue Skies. Uh, it's by Chris Petty, and it's part of the Outward Odyssey series by the University of Nebraska. It, it's really excellent. It goes into the history of uh, rocket planes and X-planes. So um, for you all into that, it's a really good read. Um, a book that came out last year that is still really good. It came out later last year. So I'm not sure if everybody's heard about it is uh, the ultimate engineer about uh, NASA's George Lowe. Mm -hmm. That's I've read it. It's it's wonderful. And I think everybody should read it in a uh, University of Nebraska press. Uh, they consistently put out some pretty amazing books. And uh, if you don't have any of that series, you should check it out one more. And then I'll shut up. Uh, there is a uh, if you're into Neil Armstrong or Apollo, a reluctant icon um, which compiles some letters uh, to and from Neil Armstrong. Uh, by a, It's by Dr. James Hansen, who also wrote First Man and who also uh, compiled the, the first uh, book of Armstrong letters uh, last year. And uh, the, the, But the newer one is called A Reluctant Icon, and, uh, and it's letters. Some of it is a little dry, but I, I really I enjoyed it a lot just because it really illuminates like how much... You know, Armstrong was kind of just introspective and he was a little different from his colleagues. So I really appreciated it. And with that, I'll stop because I'll be here for 12 years. So <laughs> I will stop now. There's yeah. there's thousands of space books um, for a total beginner. A Man on the Moon by Andy Chaikin. Get him that. Yeah. That's 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 like that's one everybody needs to have in their house. I mean, just, mm -hmm. you know, I think everybody needs to get that one. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's some great, great sections there. I need those letters books. I, I haven't got them yet. And I that I want to get those Armstrong letters books. Um, there's just one more book I want to I want to bring up. Teasel Muir Harmony has just released a new book called Operation Moonglow. She, uh, Teasel is the uh, curator of the Project Project Apollo collection at the Smithsonian. Um, so that's a that's, you know, She's got a decent CV. Put it that way. Uh, I've read I've read her previous book, The Apollo to the Moon: A History in Fifty Objects, which is about the, the stuff that they have, and that was wonderful. And uh, but this this new book is is uh, is about the politics behind 
uh, the, a Project Apollo. And I think that's just a different side of it that doesn't always get covered in full. Obviously, we know about the Cold War, but this this is a. I'm looking forward to reading this. This is on my list, and um, yeah, she, she's great. So I think I think it's one that you should keep an eye out uh, if, if you haven't read that one yet. I, what I will suggest um, with this Christmas present stuff, museums have had a tough time this year. Yes, agreed. Totally. Some museum websites sell books from their on their websites. I know the, the Cosmosphere does, and I know there's a few others that do as well. So I'm going to put links within this of those books, but I'm also going to put links to basically a load of museum stores. If you have a local air and space museum that has a website, check out that if, for, for to see what they've got on offer. Or if you can get down there, if they're open uh, and you can do that, then, then go and check out their museum. Some museums also offer uh, gift cards um, to go and visit them or even memberships. Uh, I had a year-long membership to the Space Center in Houston, which was great for when I was able to travel there. It meant I got free parking and a discount in the store and all that kind of stuff. If you're local to those kind of places, you should check those those things out. And I think if, if you know someone local to a museum who's a space fan, they're always going to appreciate any museum-related gift. Uh, or a gift bought from a museum, especially this year when I've had a tough year. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, there's a really, that's a, that's a wonderful, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, that's a wonderful thing to do uh, for the museums. And, you know, just like you said, they've had a rough time just because obviously not a lot of people have been going out this year. So yeah, if you can purchase anything from them, you know, at the gift shop, even a t-shirt or something, it doesn't have yeah. to be anything big, you know, and um, a patch. Yeah, a patch, a we sticker. All, we all love a patch. All space, all space fans love patches. Yeah, um, uh, it sounds silly. The uh, the store in Huntsville at the U.S. Uh, space and Rocket Center, they have socks. I mean, it sounds dumb, but uh, now that I'm in my 40s, I love socks. I remember <laughs> being a kid and being like, man, you get socks for Christmas. You're just like pissed off all day. Now I'm in my 40s. I'm like, just buy me socks because you never... Yeah, they have space socks there. I mean, yeah, and probably every space museum has space socks. So, yeah, space socks. Get your get get them some <laughs> space socks. I mean, I'm dead serious. Like seriously, like um what Dave said is really awesome because um yeah, these museums are going to need a lot of help and um as we go into next year and I don't know what I know they're starting to roll out the uh, vaccine for coronavirus and uh in Britain right now, which is awesome. But uh, today. I, that is awesome. And that's wonderful news. That's very encouraging. But um, I don't know what the situation is like in the United States, really. Um, hopefully we'll be getting it pretty darn soon. It's still gonna it's still gonna take time though, isn't it? We're still we're still yeah. not not gonna be back to normal in the in the short term uh anyway. So yeah, there's there's oh, still yeah. got a few lean months ahead. So so for sure if you can support the museums. Uh, and, and there's Absolutely. probably some other smaller businesses as well. Uh You'll know more about them than me, but I know uh, Nova Space have have a great great store on, yes. online, and they sell a lot of very cool stuff on their site. So um, th- there's places like that that you just go and support. Basically, I'm gonna just drop a load of links, and Emily, feel free to send me some within the show notes. So just just go and browse, uh, and they'll all have things from all price ranges. But yeah, at, at books, patches, socks. I love a novelty T-shirt. Uh, and then hats, you know, and, and as a space as a space fan, you just can't get enough of that stuff. I right, give me all the swag. 
All of it. Yeah. I will take any of it. Um, I, I, you know, for, as a gift, I'd probably rather rather have that than a book because I like to choose my own books. So, uh, but but t-shirts, socks, all that kind of stuff, uh, all of it. I, I yeah, you know, you, I generally can't get enough, and I'm not someone who particularly values clothes too highly. So, uh, but but when I do, it's normally a space t-shirt or exactly. Yeah, hat. I usually purchase space uh, t-shirts or space. You know, I, when I went to Huntsville, what's the first thing I do? I went and bought a Snoopy shirt and I bought a pair of space socks with kitty cats and rockets on them, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there you go. You know, I mean, and they have a ton of stuff at the store more than way more than that. I mean, you could spend hours in the store, but yeah, most, a lot of people get, you know, swag. So definitely something to think about if, you know, you love space or, you know, somebody who's really into space, they're going to like that. We probably haven't given anyone that much insight, but hopefully we've made people these think about where they're, where they're purchasing from. Or, or at least looking. Uh, so do look in our show notes and uh, and hopefully you'll find something that you didn't know existed. Absolutely. Uh, but thanks again to Max from Lunar Replicas for coming on. Again, seriously, just go check out their website because there's a lot of cool stuff on there as well. Um, even even if you just like browsing. They also have, um, if you're into that, if you can, if you can afford them, they also have, um, as Max said, the, the um, AOs, American Optical, the sunglasses i do have a pair of those yeah i don't wear them often because i'm really um i'll just be real with y'all i'm totally blind <laughs> so uh i would need to get i need to get prescription lenses in them but they are they are exquisite sunglasses like they are incredible like i mean you just you put them on and you just feel like yeah i'm out warden like i'm a badass like i could just <laughs> do anything they're really cool so yeah that it, they sell some amazing things so if you want to come out looking like the ultimate astronaut that's the website to visit definitely as we approach the holiday season we want to wish you a very merry christmas and all the best for a happy new year that's all we've got time for this week. Hopefully you now have some ideas on what to buy someone or perhaps what to put on your own Christmas list. I'm sure you've been good enough, child, to deserve a present or two. Listening to us certainly does get you brownie points with Santa. Uh, next week, <laughs> we've got a pre-recorded show as we're having a week off on our regular schedule, but we'll update all the news the following week. Uh, we aim to produce a weekly show even uh, when one or both of us are not available. So we hope you enjoy something slightly different for next week. Yeah, I actually think it's one of our best episodes, Emily. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure they'll enjoy it. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Uh, but thanks very much for tuning in. And thanks again for the donation, merchandise purchases, and Patreon subscriptions. It's mighty kind of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and pressing that share button. But please remember, in space, no one can hear you meme. Except you, Todd. <laughs> you, you mean too loudly sometimes. Space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions. <laughs>